Welcome to the second season, um, Here Come the Men, at Menswear by Woman. I'm Samilla and my next guest is called James Priestley, the director of William Crabtree and Sons. Now, I'm going to get James on board. We're talking at 9.20pm, so hopefully it's not too late. <laughs> Hi, James. <laughs> Hi, Samilla. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, yeah, good, thanks. Sorry to keep you up so late. No, no, it's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it, James. I'm so grateful that you're doing this at this time of night. Not at all. You know? Not at all. So, James, um, William Crabtree and Sons. <laughs> What's Yeah. And how did it all begin with you, with William Crabtree and Sons? Great name, by the way. So, thank you very much. So, um, well, uh, yeah, I guess I'll give you the long story. Um I, my, my dad works at a mill in Yorkshire where I was brought up, um, in a, I was brought up in a place called Huddersfield, but he worked in a place called Dewsbury, which is very famous for mills and, and what have you. So, um, I'd always sort of been around, um, going to a mill with him when I was younger and, and seeing cloth and scarves being made basically. And, um, <laughs> so I'd always kind of had a love of those things and seen how they were made. And then. I suppose very, yeah, you've come at it from the creative side and I suppose I came at it from a production side. Right, okay. Which is kind of, you'd always want to be on the creative side because it's a lot cooler. But the <laughs> manufacturing side is kind of is kind of interesting and very creative as well, actually. But Because um, they're sort of, often a mill would go and present their range of developments yeah. to different brands. Um, and, and so there's a massive amount of creativity in it. Right. Um, so... But but anyway, I uh, finished school, went to uni, and went to Leeds Uni and did textiles with the thought of, of going to work at a, at a mill. Um, and then, yeah, which, I mean, I had given it lots of thought, and I did really like clothes a lot as a teenager, and, and really, from the age of sort of 14, 15, I suppose, got really interested in clothes and different, different types of clothes. And then I went to do textiles at uni. But I suppose before that, I was always interested in shops and going to a shop and buying a particular product like I like. It's embarrassing to think about it now, but <laughs> the Visu jeans, um, <laughs> okay. which are very cool. Like, yeah, I, I've, got, I, I've actually got the jacket, so I sit in oh, my wardrobe. Yeah, so. oh, that's not the embarrassing one. But, um, yeah, Visu, um, I say I used to work at a golf driving range um, before okay. I went to college. And, um, saved up to buy these Avisu jeans and sort of couldn't really tell my parents that they cost 120 pounds because that was a ridiculous amount of money to spend on a pair of jeans and they had a massive turn up and I just thought they were really cool and I suppose in Huddersfield there weren't weren't loads of outlets for that sort of thing and so you you found the shops that you liked and there were a handful of them and and you kind of used to go and have a look at those and I suppose I always loved loved the retail side of things um and then I went to uni to textiles and then and then went to work at a mill um, where dad worked actually. And, um, and that was great, but I just had a hankering after 
it, it was it was quite complicated politically, um, and I found that very hard with with work being hard enough. But when you've got a load of other factors, as you well know, yeah, um, sort of with you or against you, it just I found it very hard and very upsetting. So having left university and got this job there, I sort of thought, what am I going to do? I, this is you know what I thought I wanted to do, and I'm really not enjoying it, and it's horrible. So I left there. Um, without without knowing what I was going to do but I'd always really liked tailoring yeah sort of moved on from a v-susan and um, I guess not dissimilar to you had a had a sort of love of Paul Smith and things like that <laughs> um, and so wrote to loads of tailors around Yorkshire where, where I was from yeah and sort of didn't get very far and wrote to a few people on Savile Row as well and, and was just getting nowhere basically um <laughs> excuse me so then I just kept looking on the internet um, to see if there was any courses or anything or any way of getting into being a tailor. Um, and then I came across uh, a college called Newham College oh, yeah. um, in East, East London, and they yeah. were just launching um, the Savile Row Bespoke course. Oh. So Savile Row was struggling to take on apprentices. And so oh, they right. came up, I think the Savile Row Bespoke Association came up with this course in conjunction with Newham College. Okay. Um, so I'd been working for a couple of years in Yorkshire and then I moved to London to do this course, which felt like a massive backward step in many ways. But I sort of you've got to sort of follow what you really want to do. Yeah. And I'd always just seen the mills sending out their cloth and not thinking about who was going to buy it at the end and who was going to wear it and how it was going to be made up and what it was going to be made into. And I was just always fascinated by that. It, it just kept eating away at me as to who was going to be buying it. You know, it's very expensive stuff and who was buying it. So yeah, I moved to London and, and did this course. I was on the second intake um, and there was a sort of six-month course and then you could go on and do a full apprenticeship and then hopefully get a job on Savile Row. Um, so I did the six-month course, which was great, sort of basic understanding of all the different constructions and pocketings and, and how you make things. Um, and, and one of the tailors I wrote to when I was looking for a job um, actually introduced me to someone at a shop called New and Lingwood on German Street. Okay, um, yeah. which is a really, really old fashioned, or was at the time rather, a really, really old fashioned men's shop yeah. shirt specialist. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> they offered me a part time job whilst I was studying. So college was three days a week and I worked there two, two or three days a week. So yeah, I moved to, I packed my bags and moved to London and, um, and started a new college, which was a bit of a shock to the system. And um, was a student again, which was great. I mean, it was an amazing learning curve. And then, yeah, the biggest learning curve was actually working at New and Lingwood in the shop because I just sort of fell in love with being in a shop, I suppose, and, and people coming in and buying things that you'd seen arrive the day before and you're unpacking them. And then someone the next day was wanting to buy them and wear them. And I just, I don't know, the whole sort of theatre of it just really appealed to me. And then um, I just always just learned so much for that 18 months I worked there. It was the first time I'd ever worked in a shop. so. It was a really fortunate thing, really. And then, yeah, after that, I got a job at, um, sort of decided I didn't necessarily want to be a tailor for the rest of my life. And um, which I, I mean, I sort of did, but I just couldn't see how I'd be able to do it, I suppose. Right, okay. Um, but there, there, there are definitely ways of doing it. Um, so I then got a job at a company called Johnson's of Elgin who um, 
are a, a really big textile business based in Scotland, and they make knitwear and scarves um, and accessories. Um, and, and they had an office in London, and we used to supply a lot of brands uh, under a private label. So we work with designers and um, garment technologists and, and, and all their teams to sort of put together a range of products, and then it would be made in Scotland. And it was right at the time, sort of 12 or 15 years ago, when Made in England, Made in Scotland was really becoming a thing. And, and it was really enjoyable and, again, learned a lot about it. Not coming from the creative side of it, I suppose, coming more right. from the okay. figures side of it and the and the business side of it, I suppose. And then following that, I went to work for Drake's um, when they opened their shop um, on Clifford Street. Yeah. And then look, worked on the wholesale side of the business, selling to other department stores and, and shops. Um, so, yeah, that was up until sort of 10 years ago. Um, and then we had our, our son our eldest son, he's now 10, and um, I didn't want to travel so much and had always wanted to sort of do my own thing. That had always been a big burning desire of mine, again, that just wouldn't go away. And um, I sort of almost fell into really, but started a, a wholesale business selling to brands, sort of similar to what I'd done before, working yeah. for manufacturers in the UK and then selling their products to people in London. Um, so that was how I sort of started, started on my own really, and and been doing that quite happily for the last, um, for, for, I did that quite happily five or six years, and then started the sort of tailoring side of made to measure what I do that I do now, which is um, taking measurements fittings in London and then having the garments made in Italy, okay. shipped back to London. Um, and, and that started five or six years ago in a small showroom I had on Great Portland Street. Um, and then before lockdown, I was sort of looking around for new premises and then um, found New Quebec Street and thought maybe a shop's the way to go. And it was at a point where it needed to to move on. And um, a shop seemed like the natural thing. And then COVID happened. Oh, yeah, um, I know. But then that made me feel even more determined to do it, I suppose. And Good. Makes you want to follow what you want to do more and more. And and also from a business point of view, I think people do like shopping in smaller places and and around brands that hopefully have a a care about things and I think you're right. want to do the best they can. Because I think um I think a lot more I mean I've seen a lot more menswear smaller brands appearing. You know, and yeah, I think men are taking more pride in. Yeah, and and you're absolutely looking right. into things. Maybe. Yeah, and and every time you hear about it, it's like another small brand comes up. Um, you know, and it's quite nice to hear about that now because it's it's um it means that you know there are more variety and more different kind of menswear out there now. Do you think exactly? It's, you know, it's and it's nice to see that you know, and and you're not going to the to to the same old place anymore. You know, and there's more. I think I've seen more menswear brands since COVID now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I well, I think yeah, a lot of people have just decided. Yeah. And and a bit like you with this, maybe you know, why don't I just do it? Exactly. You What's know? there to lose? Yeah, exactly. And press the wrong button, and it went everywhere. <laughs> 
thanks, Charles. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, Which that's is what, <laughs> that's such a that's a good story in a sense. Oh, that's what that button does. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, do you think menswear has changed a lot from from how you've started till now? Um, I think it, yeah. I think I think the whole. I think the whole business has changed in the way that things are sold, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, digital is so much more important now than when I when I first moved to London. But, you know, websites were very much in their infancy. You know, it was a tight. It was really a tiny, tiny proportion of people that bought things online, particularly buying expensive things. Um, and then, yeah, right up until six or seven years ago, people would still be sort of saying, "Oh, well, you know." Instagram isn't for luxury brands or it isn't for expensive things. It's, you know, it, it, it very much, yeah, it's changed hugely. And I think people's, you know, when I worked at New England, a lot of the people who'd worked there had yeah. worked in a shop since the age of 16 and might have been in their 50s or 60s. God. And I think it's very rare you find that now. Yeah, very rare. Um, and that was a real skill, you know, it was a real skill. They knew everything about the product. They knew everything about the customers and, I, I, yeah, we just you just don't have that anymore, do you? No, or it's incredibly rare. No, it's it, it is. Do you do you see more people coming into the shop more than going online? Do you think that's changed a bit because of of the lockdown? Do you think more people? Yes, are definitely. More... The week after we could open, I think it was at the twelfth of April or something like that. Everyone's <laughs> rushing in. Was was one of the yeah was if it wasn't the best, it was very close to being the best since I opened a year ago. But then it's been a very strange year, but. Yeah, there were sort of so many. Well, it's a small shop. There weren't thousands of people, <laughs> but um, the one person who came in, no, the um, the the quite a, a number of people that week came in and said, you know, it's so nice going into a shop again. And it's, I, I mean, yeah, I can imagine clearly digital and online are the the future. Of course, they are. But there is a, I, I think it's still very important to have a physical retail space and a, and that experience. You know, this morning I was walking down to. I get the train into Marylebone. I was walking down to New Quebec Street, and I stopped. Had a bit of a sore throat. It's not. I've had a. It's not COVID. <laughs> and then I popped into a pharmacy on. I think it's Crawford Street near yeah. the shop. And um, there was a really helpful lady in there who sort of talked me through all the different um, sweet, not sweets, but you know, cough sweets. What do you call oh, them? Pastel, sweets, yeah, yeah, cough sweets, yeah, pastels, whatever. Yeah. And she was so helpful. And that was at like half eight this morning, and you come out and you just think, yeah, you won't be able to get. I could that have looked. Digital. I could have looked at that online. Of course, I could. Yeah. And it would have probably said a lot of the same thing. But it was such a nice interaction yeah. for two minutes to just hear, yeah, about the manuka honey and <laughs> or strepsils <laughs> or pastels or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, it, you come out feeling feeling quite good. Definitely, because um, it's a because you know when everything becomes very digital, um, looking at a screen. <laughs> You know, exactly, and the human element is just taken out of it, which exactly. is so important, I think. Exactly. You know, if you're buying something from someone or if you're showing someone something, it's so much easier. Or well, I find it so much easier face to face, and um, you have a connection, don't you? Yeah, very much so. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, who do you find that's very stylish at the moment in menswear? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I love um, a lot of 
I don't know how to answer the question. A lot of people. Um, sorry, my son's just walked in again. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. We, that's absolutely fine, James. I'll come up into it. Um, sorry about that. Um, that's right. I, how do I find? Uh, I, I suppose a lot of the people I. I, I don't. I, I don't know how to answer the question. I find people stylish who are really comfortable with what they're wearing. Okay. And I suppose yeah. when you see pictures of the Met Gala the other night, the ball thing in New York. Yeah. Um, that Emma Raducanu. I only saw Emma Raducanu went, and I don't normally look at what people are wearing, yeah. particular things like that. But I did, and I suppose you just get a feeling of who feels comfortable in what they're wearing. Yeah. And I always find it hard if people look uncomfortable in what they're wearing because it gives you a sense of confidence or whatever. Um, I, I mean, I really like what Brunello Cuccinelli wears. Yeah. Um, I think he's very cool. Um, Michael Hill at Drake's always thinks very not, very yeah, well dressed. He's very well dressed. Um, Matt's Klingberg at Trunk. Tim, who works at Trunk. Aiden, who works at Trunk. I, I, I think those kind of guys are very comfortable, very cool, interesting. And, and they're just really nice people as well. You know, really nice to to have a drink with and, and have a chat and catch up. And um, I suppose that goes with it for me. Yeah. If, does that make sense? Yes, that totally makes sense. And I don't blame you for saying that because I think people who are comfortable in what they wear are the most stylish people who don't makes, try, yeah, who don't try so hard. You know, you can try so hard and completely and not look good in what you're wearing. Completely. You're not comfortable. People just look sort of stiff and uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just exactly. awful, isn't it? You know, and, and I suppose you... that was you know, right back when I was, you know, beginning to become interested in clothes, that was a massive thing, just where you find what you like and what you don't like. I t you know, it doesn't, if people wear things I don't like, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me as long as they like them and, and they feel comfortable in them. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah, definitely. Why did you pick menswear? <laughs> um, and not women's wear? I don't know whether I, oh, I don't know whether I picked it as much as, it was just an interest and, and it feels like if you can do something that you're interested in for a yeah. job, yeah. then you're kind of lucky, aren't you? Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> and and tell me about it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like you work. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're working, maybe. Exactly. And I suppose I just like the interaction with people and, and everything that goes around that. I'd never considered going into women's wear. Um, Same here. <laughs> I've worked, I mean, I've worked with some. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't That's know really why as well, James. Answer, I, have, I have no idea you myself. You just what you're interested in, don't you? I <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I probably. Sorry. I, mean, I know I've actually designed. You know, when I've designed menswear and all that stuff, I've had women saying, "I would wear that." Thinking... I was just going to say that I, I, I do think that's quite a big change as well. Going back to your previous question, but I think a lot of stuff that's um, made for men now, a lot of women yeah, say, definitely. "Oh, I'd really." I'd really like to wear that if it was in my size. And Definitely. I think there's a lot of crossover now. And I just don't think there was 15 years ago. No. As, as much as there is now in the mainstream. Yeah. There, there is a lot. You know, lots of men's jeans look very nice on ladies, don't they? Yes. And um, they're very comfortable. Trust me. <laughs> men's <laughs> jeans are so much comfortable than women's jeans. And I can imagine all the women saying, yep, she's got it. <laughs> she says yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And, and so I think that yeah, and not not to say I wouldn't like to do women's stuff. It's just uh, I just don't know yet. how to go about it with women. I don't know why. Um, it's really it's, weird. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's weird, isn't it? As, as a woman myself, I'm thinking, 
well, what would I like to wear? And sometimes I no, see yeah. sometimes I see men's stuff, and I'm thinking that could be adapted into a woman's wear as well, and it would work really, really well. Um, I don't know. I mean, with a, a lot of knitwear is very yeah. unisex, isn't it? I love knitwear. I, um, I, that's I wish I actually wish I didn't wear knitwear um, in, at uni or learned how to do knitwear because I think knitwear is just amazing to do, um, especially men's knitwear. Um, it is, yeah, it's great. I love it. You know, yeah. I'm looking at your site at the moment and I'm looking at your knitwear. I love that orange jumper, by the way. <laughs> it's a great colour, isn't it? It's an amazing colour, the Shetland Lambs Wool crew neck. And that orange yeah, exactly. is just like, well done, James Ford. Oh my God, I love the yellow <laughs> as well. Yeah, it's, I just, bright colours in knitwear are so nice. Definitely. And in wool, they just, they just. I know. So there's such a depth to the colour as well. It's um, oh, yeah, really nice. Nice. Do you think? Um, do you think men are wearing more colour? Um, no, I think navy's always the best seller. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love navy. Yes, they are. Yes, they are because I think you know you're buying, you know, it's expensive stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, in many ways, I wish it wasn't, but it is, and um, it. it people are going to if you wear an orange jumper yeah you, it's hard to wear it four days a week without people saying oh he's wearing the orange jumper, jumper again, again. <laughs> whereas if you wear a navy jumper you can just say oh i've got four of them whether you have or not i think people yeah I, th I think we all default perhaps to to having a bit more navy than we may but um i think it's really nice i think yeah i think a lot more men are more comfortable wearing different colors now than they used to be yeah I do. I think maybe um, it's like women wearing black. I think maybe it's exactly men wearing navy. And do you know what? I I've always loved navy. Um, it's it's a conversation that I had with um, Benjamin Philip, like you know, with Ben, ben yeah, I yeah, heard with you ben, and the white socks and the navy. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> and I'm was not so, sure about the white socks. No, 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 right. But that isn't convinced. just a women's thing. Yeah, he kind of convinced me about the white socks. And I said, I, I'm not convinced. And it's so funny, after the podcast, we were still talking about the white socks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a word with him about yeah, that. Please do. <laughs> Just have a word with him. What do you think about white socks, though, James? <laughs> well, he's he can pull it off. Sadly, I can't. Um, but yeah, not my thing. But no, if, exactly. if that's what you like, that's great. And he looks great in them, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, actually. Um, he's a very stylish man. What, where would you say that menswear will be uh, like in a year's time or so? I think we're right at the beginning of the sort of, um, I keep saying sort of, sorry. Um, I think we're right at the beginning of the digital sort of transformation, I suppose, in that um, I think so many brands, so many companies are working out how the internet and, and online side of their business is going to work yeah. and what customers expect from that. And I think we're right at the beginning of that path, really. I think everyone's learning at the same time. Yeah. Um, some people have got more experience because they've been doing it for 20 years, but really it's, it's really in its infancy, isn't it? I think um, everyone's got loads to learn. I think online retail will look very different in five years and 10 years time because yeah. it's just moving so quickly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's where smaller brands it's both a positive and a negative for small smaller companies that um, they have a window on the world, which is a website, but then, you know, you're competing against the world as well, aren't you? 
Exactly. Um, both mass, you know, you're on the same street as Hugo Boss or Armani or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Because you're all online. It's um, it's a massive change. Yeah. I, d- I don't know how these things don't happen as quickly as sometimes I think they might do, but I, I, I think in general men are taking more pride in what they wear and more interest in what they wear. Um, and, I, and I think that will continue. And what's personally. the what's the future for William and Crabtree and Sons? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I just I, I mentioned to you before we started that yeah. I never wanted. I, I, I find it really hard when in certain old, more old-fashioned streets can make it very daunting experience going into a shop or going to have something made almost like you're part of a club and you should feel like you you should know what you want before you go in and um if you don't know the different cloths or the different knitwear or the different shoes or whatever and i was found that really hard um and i suppose i just really want to build up um a customer who who i know first yeah. and foremost and who knows me and has a, a level of trust but you can only get that by being around for a period of time and it takes time. You know, you can be the nicest person in the world, the most decent, but, but ultimately no one knows you. Yeah. So it's just giving it time and, and trying to, to build it really slowly, I suppose, and, and making really nice things that hopefully people like. So no, no grand plan. No grand plan. <laughs> which is good, right, um, James? <laughs> just keep doing what we're, what we're doing, hopefully. <laughs> and which is quite good because then having plans, sometimes you just think, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no it hasn't worked out you know and then when it all goes wrong, wrong I can say so, yeah I planned for that I planned for that exactly and see I shouldn't be planning anything um what's what would you say to someone start trying to start up at the moment if they someone who's you know there's loads of graduates who've come out um you know people start yeah and I suppose brands. when when I worked at both New and Lingwood and Johnson's and then Drake's yeah. most recently I think the people who approached those companies and who wanted to get their foot in the door in that in that industry, whether it be retail or wholesale, whatever, and they kept knocking on the door and they kept knocking on the door and wouldn't take no for an answer or kept asking if there was anything they could do. Yeah. They were often the ones who, in the end, there was so there was so little opportunity to say no <laughs> that they sort of the persistence wins in the end, doesn't it? Yeah. I think, hopefully. Um, and I think it's just a case of getting your foot in the door in any related business, right. really, and trying yeah. to learn as much as you possibly can whilst you're there. Absolutely. Um, that, yeah, and, and just getting your head down, which sounds really obvious, but some days feels really hard to do, doesn't it? Yeah, but, you know, it's it's just getting your foot in the door, I suppose, as well. Exactly, uh, and that's and, – and I was lucky with that. Yeah. And um, I don't know why. Yeah. That's 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 what I would recommend. Just take any. Uh, it sounds silly to say take any job, but if it's related to what you want to do, then it's just amazing how much you can learn in different places, isn't it? And mm-hmm. try and experience as many different places as you can, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. At, you know, when, you know, uh, with in the interview when I actually said I actually went into the production side. Just to get yeah, my exactly. in, um, because you know it was impossible trying to get a design job because of all the 
stuff that I had to go through and, you know, all the rubbish. But I didn't want to do it. And then it can in. help your design, though, can't it? Yeah, it can does. Because you learn so much. Because you understand how something's made, which yeah. can be implemented into something that's being made. So exactly. And, something else. And so you, I do think it's all, re- it's all related, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Because you learn so much how the business works, how the fashion business works, Completely. how the trend works. Because it's not just about designing, you know. It's also about, you know, um, how production works, how pattern cutting works, how something machinists work. You know, it's it's so much bulk ordering. All of that comes involved, you know, and it's not just exactly sitting there designing. And if you are designing, you've got to, whichever company you're working for, you've got to find out the costing as well, how much your design is going to cost and how do you do that? You know, it's it's a lot more. Exactly. It's a lot more. No, it than... is. It's not just a case of saying, oh, that's a nice colour T-shirt. Let's, let's just do it. Let's do that, is it? Yeah. And when um, you actually no, start doing costing and margin and everything, it's it's a total, the creativity just goes, doesn't it? <laughs> when you start doing that. <laughs> It does. <laughs> You just like you 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 water it down so much, and you're thinking, is that it? Because you look at your design, thinking, but I started off like this. How comes it's gone to that point? Because now it's just a white t-shirt. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's so Um, true. You know. Um, Last of all, um, who's your favourite menswear designer, James? Whoa, you could have prepared me for this. I know. I'm so sorry. Just say, um, just say, putting me on the spot. Just say, Samilla. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, I don't know. I, I suppose it depends what you mean by designer. I mean, oh well, menswear. Who, who would you? Or, there are or companies men's... I really. Yeah, you can say I that as well. Cucinelli, Drake's, I really like. Yeah. Um, but who's your favourite though? Out of the best, uh, <laughs> how would you say? Out of the whole lot, who would you say? Yeah. So and so. If I was going, to, if I had loads of money to go and buy clothes i would probably go to cooch now <laughs> right okay <laughs> i just think it's cool um yeah yeah the are. majority of it i just think it's quite cool yeah but that's are. not a very good answer yes yeah. it's a very good answer actually um uh, because yes they are very cool and i would say secondly i would say to myself would be drapes <laughs> very cool <laughs> also very cool yeah, yeah no it is you know it is can't deny <laughs> I can't say because I went into Drake's recently and I would like you know I, I, I quite love jazz and and it yeah. was in the summer right um yeah a few months back about two months ago and they had the most brightest colors ever and and I just yeah, thought and they had cool. jazz music at the background and I thought I've just come home <laughs> you know? yeah it's, it's a great space isn't it yeah and it's and they do it really brilliant. well as well at the same time you know no they do it's yeah very cool Thank you very much, James. Oh, I should have said William Crabtree, but that was missed. Well, that bit. <laughs> William Crabtree, I'm I'm actually going to go into William and Crabtree, and I'm actually going to start taking images and um, put them on Instagram on Menswear by a Woman's Instagram. And um, oh, thank you. I will do that. I will be coming in, James, <laughs> very Wicked. soon. I look forward to seeing you. And um, some of the stuff that um, some of the products that um, James has got on William Crabtree is. Um, um, absolutely lovely um so check william crabtree and son's website out and their products because some of the products especially that orange jumper and the yellow Thank one the lamb's crew neck i think any one of us could wear this and i might be going in there for that actually more than anything um <laughs> But thank you so it's much, James. Better than talking to me. 
joking. Um, but thank you very much for asking me. And, thank you, uh, it's James. Really nice to chat. Thank you very much, James, for coming on board on Menswear by a Woman. Second season, here come the men. Thanks. <laughs>